welcome to our 20-something life. My name is Haley. And my name is Maddie. And for those of you who are new here on this podcast series, me and Haley talk about all things adulting, fashion, beauty, and lifestyle. And on today's episode, we will be diving deep into adulting, paying your bills for the first time on your own, graduating college, finding a job, and basically everything we've learned along the way. Your 20s is the first time in your life where you're really given the opportunity to decide what you want to do for yourself. And there's no one to stand around and tell you what to do. And as young working women, you have to advocate for yourselves and what you're worth. You have to find the right job that makes you happy, but also pays what you deserve. So stay tuned to hear how both Haley and I navigated our ways to where we are now and some of the tips that we learned that we wish someone had shared with us. I feel like the first step in this is flying the nest. Mm -hmm. Being on your own, being able to pay your bills, taking care of yourself, getting your first place. Yeah, for me, that whole process started like officially when I graduated college. Mm -hmm. Because yes, I was living independently as a college student in an apartment, but my parents helped cover some of my bills. They were helping me pay some of my tuition Mm -hmm. so it wasn't really like independent yeah um it was kind of like a trial phase but then once I graduated college I got my first place and then it was like oh shit like these bills are being sent to Mm -hmm. me they're under my name if I don't pay them like I'll be evicted yeah I mean my mom she asked me I think at the end of the year last year she's like so are you gonna move out (laughs) yeah and so I was like oh am I? She's like, yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. So, um, that was kind of, I mean, I haven't graduated college yet, but I'm still trying to figure that out. But yeah. Once it works. Once your old bedroom turns into the new craft room, yeah, that's when you know you're yeah. officially on your own. Like yeah. you're SOL. If she, you mess up. she wanted my room very badly. <laughs> so she got it. I don't blame the woman. Yeah, it's it's a good room. (laughs) Taking care, like officially taking care of yourself for the first time is scary, right? Because yeah, like my mom always used to schedule my dentist appointments, and I haven't scheduled a doctor's appointment in I don't know how long. And right, I mean, I still haven't. Right, I don't think I've been to the doctor in like two years. Yeah, it's up to you to like schedule all of that. You're in charge of your health. Not only yourself, but your home, which Mm -hmm. I mean, if you live in an apartment, which most of us do in our 20s, unless you're magnificent and you somehow are, you know, good for you, purchasing a home right now. Good for you. Go you. So proud. But like, I mean, you're in charge of your home. Like you furnish Mm -hmm. it. You do all your own groceries. You've got to like. Hey, I moved in in freaking January at the end of January. I still don't have dining chairs. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I mean, some of us, we don't even have furniture. It's hard. We move in and then that's like, we're proud of ourselves. It's expensive. You do what you can. I asked. It's all up to you. Yeah. I asked for a lot of stuff for Christmas because I moved right after Christmas. So. I was lucky in that and I got lots of stuff on Facebook Marketplace so it wasn't too crazy having to buy expensive furniture all at once yeah but it's also the little things too like silverware plates like every your first set of everything you're in charge Mm -hmm. of doing that when you first move out on your own and of course I wanted the fancy bougie gold ones and I had to (laughs) search high and low for ones that wouldn't chip in the dishwasher yeah but 
It was money well spent, though. Yes, I love those. We, I feel like we need to have a whole separate. I think we planned on doing a whole separate episode mm-hmm. just on like how to furnish your first place yeah. and how to do it on a budget, but still it's make fun. it look cute. It is fun. It's so fun. We could I'm like still have working a whole on it. segment about home. Yeah. Um, I feel like all of that plus the fact that. You and I were both technically, I mean, I was, but you also were technically the first kid to leave mm-hmm. the nest because, yes, you're a twin, but, like, you guys figured it out at the same time. Yeah, and she still lives at home. Yeah. And So you were the first. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I have to pay my car insurance and my phone mm-hmm. bill, and she, I don't think she does. Maybe she does. Who knows? Once she moves out, yeah. Yeah. You I, just, like, got booted out a little quicker. Yeah. Mom was like, get out. She knew you could do it. Goodbye. <laughs> you figured it Good out. Riddance. Well, you're still figuring it out, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. The, we're like what we call the experiment children. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every first kid can relate to this. Yeah. But you do the hard work so that the second child can just glide through. Oh, yeah. You She's... make all the mistakes. Mm-hmm. She's you... going to know exactly what to do. Yeah. I mean, you find the good places to live. You find the good places to buy furniture. You... Mm-hmm figure out the whole process for applying to healthcare. Like, you get all of those little annoying things done. Yep. So that they can just copy you. <laughs> that's what big sisters are for. That's what the, yeah, that's <laughs> what the big sisters are for. Next comes the big step, graduating college. And like I mentioned earlier, that's really the first chance where you kind of have to decide for yourself what you're going to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Yes, we all pursue degrees in specific areas, but just because you got a degree in marketing doesn't mean that you're going to be stuck doing marketing for the rest of your life. Yeah. You can kind of take it and run. A lot of places now just want you to have that degree. Yep. And they'll hire you. It's an expensive ticket Yeah. into the real world, the which not everyone ticket. needs, but it is very helpful. I'm yeah. grateful to have it. Um. And, you know, with when you graduate, you, like, you lose a piece of your identity. I don't know if that's dramatic, but that's how I felt. Like, when I left school, like, I felt like I was just losing that younger piece of myself that could just, like, not have to know what she's doing with her life. Yeah, like, the non-responsible. Yeah. Because, I mean, you've gone to school since your kindergarten, and then suddenly you're into the adult world and it's mm-hmm. scary you feel like your parents yeah and i don't know if that's nerdy of me but i actually like learning yeah or i did like learning mm-hmm. mostly because it just kind of makes you feel like you can do anything because yeah. you're learning about all these different things and you're like oh i could do this i could do this you don't really have to decide yet mm-hmm. but then once you leave it's like well you kind of got to decide what you're going to do at least for now for the yeah. time being which we've both gone through. Mm-hmm. Even though you're still in college, you have to still pay your bills. I have like one foot in college, one foot in the real world. Yep. I'm like in the middle because yep. I've not graduated yet, but I'm working. Yeah. And there was no one to like tell you besides me. <laughs> there was no one to tell yeah. you like hey, this is what you should do. Like, this is yeah. going to give you the best work-life balance. Mm-hmm. This is going to pay your bills. You just had to kind of figure that out. Yeah. And you've tried multiple different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just feel old. Like, yeah. just an overwhelming sense that your youth is slipping away from you. Technically, like, a young adult is considered, what, from the ages of 18 to 22? Yeah. 
So I'm no longer considered you're an a young adult. adult. You're an adult. I'm a full ass adult, <laughs> which is disgusting. I, I don't like to admit that. I still think I'm a young adult. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I'm like fresh out of college, 21. I was a 21 grad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll always feel like a young adult, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, I should have graduated this year, but I'm taking my time and mm-hmm. everybody from high school has already graduated. So it's like, what should I be doing with my life right now? But yeah, I'm where I need to be. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Even people who maybe graduated and are pursuing a job that they kind of regret. Mm-hmm. I know that was me just for the shortest period of time. I was like, oh shit, man, I really should have gone a different path. Yeah. But then you just end up figuring it out along the way, which we all will eventually. Mm -hmm. But like you always like social media, you know, everyone talks about it. You like look at what all of your peers are doing and everyone from your class. And yeah, you're comparing yourself to everybody else. Yeah. To their perfect online version of themselves. And it's hard to feel like you're behind a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um. And then at least like for me, there was this big decision when I graduated and still, I mean, a lot of us will still have that decision, whether you need to go to grad school or not, whether that's important to you and whether that's actually going to be beneficial yeah, beneficial Mm -hmm. in getting yourself a better paying job. Yeah. I know there's a lot of degrees, a lot of jobs that almost like require it in -hmm. order to get a decent job, like everything in the medical field, basically. Yeah. Um, and I hate saying it too, but like, it's kind of a comfort zone for us. Like when I graduated college, there was a really, like a serious decision I had to make if I wanted to go back to school and just kind of like avoid adult life for a little bit longer, like a couple more years. safe in your little bubble. Yeah. Your school bubble. Yeah. Which, I mean, some people are lucky enough to like have a parent that are willing to support them through that. And they can just get it done and then, you know, you're kind of like set up. Yeah. But the tea that I've heard, at least from the people I've talked to, is it's better to, if it's not necessary for your career path, to like go out and get some experience Mm -hmm. and then leverage that experience in grad school and kind of bring them together so that once you've graduated, you not only have like all these flashy degrees, but you've actually like done some work in the real world. And that, like, better prepares you for, like, upper-level roles. Yeah. Because that's the whole point, right? Is Mm -hmm. to, like, make more money and be management. That's the goal. So, I don't know. I feel like that's a huge decision. And I feel like you need to really think that through. Yeah. And do your research. Because you don't want to... You don't want to take any more money. money And your student loans. Like, your student loans will stack up. I know that's something that I'm currently dealing with. And I have, like thousands of dollars in student loan debt Mm -hmm. just out here trying to get my federal student loan reimbursement like many gotta get that check that form (laughs) is out by the way if you uh haven't filled it out i know i think it's gonna determine by state whether or not you're allowed to Mm -hmm. receive that yeah i think there's like talking that texas might not get it oh yeah i don't think i told you that Uh uh-uh they uh they they appealed it actually because i think Texas said they didn't want to give the student student loan reimbursement. But why not? <laughs> I don't know because they don't love That's us. That's so dumb. I don't know. There's a lot of uh, probably a lot of details behind that give that us I don't money. know. But um, definitely uh, apply for that if you haven't already. Yes. 
So now that we've flown the nest, we've graduated from college, it's time to get a job. Mm-hmm. Which time to make can money. be, yeah, it's stressful. Yep. I mean, not knowing what you want to do, where you want to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you want to follow your degree path? Do you want to go do something totally different? Yep. It can be difficult. Yeah, I, f- I feel like um, a lot of people, like a big misconception is that you have to follow your degree or you have to do something that is at least related to your degree. But the honest truth is that when you go into college and you pursue something and then you get out, honestly, opportunities just end up taking you without you even having to like, yeah, think about it. And I mean, sometimes that's not the case, but like you take a job and then that job ends up leading you somewhere else Mm -hmm. and you never anticipated it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm going to school to be a teacher but i'm working as a receptionist so exactly who knows where i'll end up exactly and then you know there's the whole application process i think i applied to like over 50 jobs yep until i found my one yep and it was a lot yeah i had mental breakdowns yeah i remember one time i called you and i was crying in the chick-fil-a drive-thru and you're like come over (laughs) yeah because i was like nobody's answering me it's awful yeah the lowest point in my life was when i graduated right as lockdown was coming to a close Mm -hmm. in 2021 um and you know i had to find a job i had an internship i was still working there as an intern and I really wasn't making enough money and I had to find a full-time job and I wanted to pursue something in my degree because I really enjoyed studying it mm-hmm. so it was just like a process of like 200 plus I'm not even exaggerating 200 plus applications yeah I had like interviews every week for random jobs that like decided they were going to give me a shot Mm -hmm. And I was applying on LinkedIn. I was applying on Indeed, Jobs.com. ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter. Didn't didn't even know how much these jobs were paying. Didn't really care, honestly. Just wanted to hear from somebody. That's the hardest part. Nobody will answer you. Even if they, like, don't want you, it would be nice to get... A response. Yeah, like, hey, we filled the position or we've decided to go a different way. Yeah. Like, just something. If you if you're in that point of your life or you've been in that point of your, of your life where you're just trying you're just out there looking for a job and yeah. it seems like no one is getting back to you like do not give up because I almost did so many times but it's persistence that ended up getting me where I am today mm-hmm. and just knowing that I was worth more than where I currently was yeah and just like constantly, you know, beefing up my resume, taking courses on LinkedIn to try to give myself some sort of experience and applying for jobs that sometimes I wasn't even qualified to apply for. <laughs> I did a lot of those. <laughs> I mean, that you'd have to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Like most of the time, all of that stuff is a suggestion. Like, hey, here's our ideal candidate. Like, how can you compare to this? You don't yeah. have to like fill you don't have to check every single box you just have to show what how you can bring worth because you can always learn you can always learn and you can do it yourself yeah most of the time the skills that they wanted on those job applications I went on LinkedIn I signed up for LinkedIn premium just for the period of time that I was looking for a job pretty much every day which is a Mm full-time job in itself oh it's ridiculous and um I would just take courses free courses 
technically not free because I was paying for LinkedIn, but I would take those courses and get as many certifications on there as I could. And then, you know, when I actually got the applicant or the job interview, I could say, hey, I, I'm certified in this. Yeah. And that helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like not taking the first job that, like, if somebody gets back to you, don't take the first one. You, you almost did I that. almost did. And it was way too low of pay. Yep. The hours weren't good. Like, there was no benefits. I was just so excited to hear from somebody. I highly recommend having, like, an accountability partner or just, mm-hmm. like, someone that you trust to kind of help you through this process, like, what we've done for each other. Because I think I sent you, like, every job that I applied for. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. Yeah. I mean, when you're <laughs> when you're looking for a job desperately, you have glossy eyes, right? Yeah. And you just see the numbers and you're like, okay, this is good. Yeah. But when you have someone that knows what you're worth, they can find the minor details that you're missing like the mm-hmm. fine print like I, th- I think there were a few jobs you applied for where you couldn't have your phone ever yeah I think that was the one the first one that I got and I sent it to you I'm like oh they replied back they want to interview me and you're like but you can't ever have your phone out and yeah I'm like oh yeah no thank you like what is this high school again like I get yeah. some it's some careers like some jobs specifically that's a safety hazard but you were a receptionist yeah so like, like, what's the point? Emergency having happen. my phone. You yeah. gotta have your phone. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just over not only like not accepting the first offer, but just like overcoming the rejections because there were times where I did get an interview. There were many times where I got the interview and I got like to the second stage of that process and mm-hmm. I either I was ghosted or I was just flat out told, sorry, there's a better candidate for this position. Yeah. And that sucks so bad, mm-hmm. especially when you're desperate. Like, you just need money. Like, you need to find where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And someone tells you you're not good enough. But you really had your hopes up because you got through, like, the first round and the second round. You just, like, you can't lose hope because as soon as you do that, then, I mean, you're discrediting yourself. Yeah. And, I mean, you know what you're worth. Yep. Um, And then I feel like through that whole process you know you're applying for these jobs like I mentioned and sometimes you don't have all the credentials Mm -hmm. um like maybe for example experience like when you graduate from college you don't really have real world experience yeah you have like you know you maybe you've worked some some good jobs or an internship but like you've never been a salaried employee working nine to five yeah and that's what they say that they're looking for Mm-hmm. And I am pretty sure my first job asked for one to three years of experience and I had none. Yeah. I had internship experience and I just leveraged that. It was just the way I sold myself. It's um, all about those adjectives on your resume. <laughs> yeah. No, you did. I mean, your job was looking for someone who had office experience, right? Yeah. Or experience as a receptionist in general. And you didn't have I've any. I've never done that in my life. Nope. I mean, my first job when I was... 15 I want to say was my mom's uncle's law office and I just sat there and answered phones but that was mm-hmm. I mean wasn't anything crazy yep I think it was just that you leveraged your management experience yeah and the fact that you've been in sales your whole life and once you have sales experience you know how to deal with people yeah um and then you know you get through all this stuff and you have to actually do the interview right like crap that is that's the worst part I hate I wasn't nervous I think until about like 15 minutes before I was trying to keep myself together yeah and then I was like oh I like actually am about to do this 
Yeah. Mine was over Teams, so it wasn't like in person and very scary, but I was still like I've really, had both. I was freaking out. <laughs> you are you're a rare type of person because I don't feel bad if you get nervous all the time because I get nervous days ahead. Yeah. Like I just this is all I think about. It consumes me. I get so mm-hmm. nervous that I'm not gonna like sell myself correctly or that I'm you know, I'm just gonna make a fool of myself. I won't have an answer to a question or the answer yeah. I have is just not right. Um but I think it's all about preparing. I love helping people prepare for interviews. Oh, we prepared. I hate preparing yeah. myself. But I feel like the most important part is having a basic understanding of the company and what they do mm-hmm. and who they are. Because you don't want them to ask you a question like, hey, so why why are you applying here? Like, what do you know about us? Yeah. And you're just like, uh, I just know you're trying to pay me $50,000 a year. <laughs> Like, no one wants to hire yeah. you for that. Yeah. They want to know what you know, mm-hmm. that you can do research. And also knowing the basic questions like, why should we hire you? Yep. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Yep. I think going over, like, a list of common questions and yep. just being prepared on those answers. Yeah, you I can mean, either, like, write them out. I like wrote everything did. down. Yeah, we wrote it all. <laughs> and you practiced it with me. Yeah. Um, professionalism. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to, like speak the different language yeah it's not like you're talking to your bestie friend it's a totally different thing yeah and you have to have the elevator pitch which Mm -hmm. we both worked on we both have a good elevator pitch and i for those of you who don't know what that is it's like 15 to 30 seconds basically like an elevator ride if someone asked who you were like what would you tell them Mm -hmm. in a professional setting to sell yourself really it's like your sales pitch for yourself and then you get through the interviewing process. Everything's great. Oh, they want to give you an offer. The first question they're going to ask you. And I've actually heard this being done in the first stage now, too. Because mm-hmm. that happened to my brother. Is what is your expected salary? Because they want to weed out people who are expecting too much from the get-go. Yeah. Which is just hilarious to me. It's like they're offering you fifty thousand, but you want two hundred thousand. Like right, like no. who? I'm, I mean, like no. <laughs> I honestly, I'm sure there's people who do like reach too far. Yeah. Um, and those aren't the people that they want to hire. But like, that's a hard question to answer. And what I've learned so far is if it's on a written document and they're asking you, and there's the option to fill in whatever you want, like a free response, you should put zero dollars. Because then that forces the negotiation process. Yeah. They're going to say, I see you put zero dollars. Like, what are you expecting? Mm -hmm. And then you can start actual dialogue versus just putting a number. And if they don't like it, you're already out. Yeah. And if they ask you in person during an interview, I think what I had my brother do for this specific scenario was you can either ask what their budget is for that role Mm-hmm. And if they don't want to give you information at that point, you can say, well, based on my market research, which you should always do before yeah. you go interview with a Know what you're getting job, into. Know what you're getting into. Know what the industry pays. And honestly, most times you can find what the job pays, like what the specific employer pays for that position on Glassdoor. Yeah. You can just ask or say, based on my market research for this position and my experience levels, I'm looking to make... From here to here range. Mm-hmm. How close can you get me to that range? And you should, you know, sell yourself a little bit based on yeah. your skills and your experience. 
Um, Because that's a scary question. It's hard to jump straight into the money talk and advocate highly of yourself. But you know what you're worth. You do know what you're worth. But it's it's scary to ask for it. Definitely. And then, you know, if all goes well and you guys come to a number that you both like and you're happy, it's time to accept the job. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure you pay attention to your benefits package if there's one. You want to look at everything like PTO, your read vacation the contract. days, your sick days. Read the con- Actually, read, read the contract. It. I read mine yep. twice <laughs> to make sure I read it right. Yep. And uh, other than that, I think that's pretty much everything that I learned in that whole process. Yeah. From trying to find a job to actually accepting my first job. Yeah. All right, let's talk money. Everybody's favorite thing. Yes. And negotiating. The scariest. Scary. Not everybody's favorite thing. Not everybody's (laughs) favorite thing. We like the outcome. Yes. Not so much the process. No. So we've all heard about the gender pay gap. And so Maddie and I did some research. Mm -hmm. And Harvard has told us that women in the United States earned only about 83% of men's annual earnings in 2021. That's sad. Which is ridiculous. That was based on an actual study conducted by the Institute for Women's Policy. Yeah. Women, I feel like we just need to say that again for impact. Women, on average, earn about 83% of men's median annual earnings. That's so sad. And that's not because women are not capable. That's because yeah. you're either in an environment that... Uh, doesn't necessarily value women as they do men, but maybe it's just the fact that women don't advocate for themselves the same way that men feel they're entitled to. They're probably too scared. Yeah, and I've felt scared many times. I've yeah. felt like, oh man, I do I just accept this offer? Mm-hmm. But there are so many men filling your, the exact same position as you, making the same, if not more, than what you're making and to with do the, the exact same with thing. the same education. That's just, so the it's point, not right. The point of that whole sad story yeah. is that you should never accept your first offer. Don't settle. Even if it's great. You know, you got what, what you were expecting based on your market research. The benefits package looks great. You can always negotiate. That doesn't mean that you can always receive more money Mm -hmm. but just the fact that you can negotiate for yourself i think looks it reflects really positively on you as an employee and your self-confidence yeah especially if you can verbalize to your employer or your hr rep why you think you deserve more money Mm -hmm. that shows that you understand what your worth is what you're going to bring to the table what you're going to bring to the company and personally, I would rather yeah. hire the girl over there that's saying, you know, she deserves $3,000 more because she's great mm-hmm. than the girl to my left who's just willing to accept the first offer because she doesn't know what she's worth. Yeah, Not that exactly. there's anything wrong with that girl on the left, but she could learn a little bit from the girl on the right. And I think yeah. all of us could. I mean, what the worst they're going to say is, sorry, no. we can't. Right. But they're but not going to say, oh. <gasps> How dare you yeah. advocate for yourself? Yeah. I'm re- withdrawing my offer. Mm-hmm. No one's going to say that. And I know that's like your first fear is, oh, am I going to offend this person? But you're you're not going to offend someone by understanding what you deserve. Yeah. If anything, they should be 
happy that you're advocating for yourself and asking for more. I mean, even if they can't provide it for you. Yep. Maybe in a couple months, y'all can have another conversation and something else will happen. Yes. There's always room down the line. They'll see that you actually do know what you're doing and that you do deserve $3,000 more. Yep. Um, I think there's there's been the situation for me and you know a lot of people don't expect this where you are told no mm-hmm. during a, a negotiation there have been times where i've had i've i've you know i've had multiple experiences where i've gotten to negotiate yeah and there have been some times where i'm really successful and i've negotiated i've successfully negotiated thousands mm-hmm. on my offer mm-hmm. in a situation that i would have never expected them to be able to and then there's there's been situations where it's a hard no. Yeah. There has been a situation where I was upfront told that I was not going to be given the opportunity to negotiate, in which case, you know, it's strictly budgetary and you just, I mean, if you want the job, you're going to have to take it. Mm-hmm. But there have been times where I have negotiated and it's, you know, sorry, based on the market, based on budget, this is this is the most we can do. Yeah. And at that point... You have to learn how to gracefully say, okay, you know, I understand and thank you so much for taking my offer, my counter offer into consideration. I'm happy to be part of the team. You know, you got to, you got to take the L gracefully mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you know, as long as the offer is still within the market rate and you're, you think you'll be happy there, then it's no harm, no foul. Yeah. I mean, when I applied to my job, I knew what they were offering Mm-hmm. But I went and was like, oh, well, maybe I can ask for a little bit more. So I did. And she was like, so we can't give you that. Yep. But there's room for promotions. Yep. There's room for growth. Yep. So I was willing to take what I could get. Yeah. Merit-based promotion is a good way to, uh, if they don't have the budget to get yeah. you up to where you want to. Unless, you know. It's just a stepping stone for you in your career, and you'll take that to leverage yourself somewhere else that pays more. Yeah. But um, I think the whole reason I wanted to bring up, you know, setting realistic expectations for negotiation is because recently I've seen, which is a great thing, I've seen a lot of stuff on social media talking about, you know, the gender pay gap and how to negotiate for women and Mm -hmm. how to advocate for yourself, all that good stuff. And it feels like, you know, everyone only ever talks about the wins and how, oh my gosh, I've, you know, I negotiated thousands on my offer. It was free money. Like, I don't know who wouldn't do this. Yeah. But no one ever talks about the fact that sometimes there just isn't room for negotiation. Like sometimes you'll be told no. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't. It's okay. It's okay. Like there's nothing you did wrong. You just got to take it and move, move along with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely setting realistic expectations and doing your market research not only based on what are other people being paid but what can i afford to be paid Mm -hmm. based on the cost of living and all of my expenses like you should never accept a job before you are absolutely sure that it's going to satisfy all of your needs because the last thing you want to do is accept a job and have to quit a couple months down the road just to turn around and go through the whole process again to find another job. Not only is that stressful for you, but like that's not a great track record. Yeah. For yourself. You don't want that on your resume. You don't. Yeah. You don't want to have to I worked two that. months at this place and then I quit. Didn't have a job for a couple months. Yep. 
That's yeah. a big, that, I would say that's like a common trend for our generation. I've seen it a lot. Like people, you know, there's job hopping, which to a certain extent is fine because that's how you make more money ultimately. But mm-hmm. there's a fine line that you have to walk. Yeah. And you don't want to look unreliable. Mm-hmm. Like I'd say at the minimum, you should try to stay in each position for at least a year yeah like a year and you're good to move on but if you can do more at least for you know a couple positions it looks really good on yourself Mm -hmm. and it helps you leverage that in the future definitely i feel like we should preface this entire podcast episode by saying that life moves at different directions and different paces for everyone Mm mm-hmm you if you're a couple steps behind or a couple steps ahead of your age group like it's okay there's probably thousands of other people in your same shoes you can't compare yourself to everybody there's always going to be people doing more than you Mm -hmm. no matter what life you always think like you know when i get the job i'll be happy when i get the raise i'll be happy like once i sit in that desk and can say you know i am I am a marketing analyst at this job. I will be happy. Mm -hmm. And then you get there and you're always going to be like looking for the next thing. Yeah. Like, oh, somebody gets to travel for work, but I'm stuck at my desk. Well, I mean. Yep. Grass is always greener. Yeah. And not everyone follows the same path. Mm -hmm. Not not everyone follows their degree. And that's totally okay. Your 20s are for risks. Because your 30s are for, like, you know, sort of getting your grip on life. Yeah. A lot of us take out a mortgage. Some of us have kids. You 30s know. are scary. You're, you're, <laughs> they, they are. I mean. It's like you're an adult. That's going to be a whole nother thing for us to yeah. figure out. I mean, we feel like our 20s are scary. And it's just every, every time you get older, it's always going to be scary. But as a wise woman said. 30 flirty and and thriving thriving. (laughs) (laughs) your 20s your 20s are your golden age they're risks and if you're sitting at your desk every day and you're miserable and you feel like you're just not fulfilled at the end of your day then go look for another job yeah i would not recommend getting up and quitting unless you have settle for something that you're not happy with yeah don't settle just you, you know, there's no harm in looking for another job. Mm-hmm. Obviously, don't be, you know, try to be discreet about it. Yeah. But um, I've done it. I mean, everyone does it. Most people, oh, when yeah. they get new jobs, they're currently working another job. That's the best way to do it. That's mm-hmm. the safest way to do it. And uh, if That's you're unhappy, you don't have to stay there. I was, I mean, my, I got a call from the job I applied for. <laughs> I was like, hold on somebody's calling me and i think it's important and i ran to the back and took the call and booked my interview yep the amount of personal appointments that i had to take Mm -hmm. in uh, my previous jobs to get where i am now i mean i'm sure they knew but yeah it's expected like you're not you don't have to stay somewhere you don't have to dedicate your life to a place for 10 plus years like generations before us did Mm -hmm. you can move on and find something that makes you happy because a job, I mean, a job that might have made you happy for a year might not make you happy the second year. Yeah. Which is what happened to me. Yeah. So. A job's a job, right? Like. Yeah. 
our generation, we're just out here. I feel like most of us, you know, there's always the rare occasion, but like we're, we're working to live Mm -hmm. unless you find something that truly like fuels you. Like I'm sure if I had my own business or something and it started to feel like it was personal to me. It was just a hobby. Yeah. Maybe I would live to work that. Yeah. But right now, like I'm working to live and I know most, most people in our age group, feel the same way Mm -hmm. so you've got to find like that work-life balance if you find if you find somewhere that you're happy it's important that you still make time for work-life balance yeah otherwise your job will quickly become something that you're not fulfilled in anymore Mm -hmm. um and I feel like something that I struggled with especially in my first corporate job was just like I have this constant anxiety that my life was getting dull yeah like I was just sitting in this cubicle you know sitting at my desk crunching numbers all day and I just imagined myself like 40 years down the road in the same exact position doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and you just didn't want to do that yeah and I didn't want to do that to myself but that's just me overthinking like the truth is we're probably all going to have worked like tens of hundreds of jobs before we're retired one day so everything is just you should just be thinking in the moment yeah um and you need to make time for yourself and take care of yourself taking care of yourself mental health mental health personal appointments going to the dentist i mean you most of us we have paid time off if you don't which there have been times where i don't yeah just take the time off and go get your teeth cleaned yes please take the friday off if you need to and stay at home and watch movies yeah you know if you take a personal day every once in a while take a personal day or you know if you can't do that if you don't have that luxury then finding something that it's like your me time every day, whether it's working taking your, out. Taking yourself to lunch. Taking yourself to lunch. Oh, yeah. No, you and I do that. And I yeah. really do feel, yeah. I feel replenished when I get back to work. Yeah. You just have to make time for yourself mm-hmm. in order to keep yourself happy at your job. Finding a routine, that always helps. Yeah. That's hard for me, though, I'll admit. Yeah. I'm kind of a sporadic person. Especially because your days are always so different. Yeah, that's true. My days are pretty much the same. Yeah. So. But, uh... I would like to be better about a routine. I think that would help me. Yeah. Um, and I think the final thing that I'll end this on is like keep your work problems at work. Yep. Leave them at the door. Leave them at the door. <laughs> I know, you know, in rare instances there are, you know, sometimes it's a busy week. You got to bring your, ho- your work home and you got to get something done. But like for the most part, try to keep your work at work. If you're constantly getting like emails or teams messages every day and you find yourself getting them on the weekends just delete the apps delete on the the weekends mute them do something yeah like don't look at your email on the weekend weekends are for your your time (laughs) yeah no no one is going to promote you solely based on the fact that you sit in the office an hour past yeah. when everyone else leaves exactly. or you're there an hour before everyone else is there yeah like sure you know maybe that looks cool and all but like you don't have to do that to be yeah. successful as long as you are getting your work done at a you know a good rate mm-hmm. you're doing producing good work in the time that you're getting paid to be there yep i i mean i mean i wake up at 6 a.m and i have my email on my phone and i had gotten an email at like 
5.45, somebody needed something. And I'm just yep. like, no. why aren't you sleeping? You can wait, girly. <laughs> it's like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Leave your work at work. That is the key to uh, maintaining mental stability. Yep. So I hope you found some of this information useful. Hopefully you will go negotiate your next job offer and advocate for yourself and what you're worth. Yes. Know your worth. Know your worth. That's the key message of this entire episode. If you learn one thing from this episode, (laughs) it is know your worth. Yes. You are worth everything. Women deserve to get paid just as much as men. Yep. We have the same education. We should have the same opportunities. Yes. If you enjoyed this episode, do not forget to subscribe to us on Spotify. And you can find us over on social media. Our Instagram and TikTok handles are at our20.somethinglife. And we share a lot of fun lifestyle content, beauty and fashion, and just behind the scenes. Lots of fun stuff over there. Just our life. Mm Mm-hmm. So we thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode and we will see you on the next one. Thank you.